The following podcast contains spoilers for The Raid Redemption and The Raid 2 Barrendal. You have been warned. everybody to KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Barton here with your host, Miguel Mugusto. Hello, friend. How are you? Ooh, ooh, sip, sip. Ah, I'm good. How are you? I'm cheerio, my friend. Cheerio. <laughs> great. great to hear. Hey, I got a question for you. <laughs> Bring it on. And you should get this one, I'm hoping. Uh, spacecraft Nostromo appears in which movie? Nostromo? Nostromo. Sounds it's like a movie. An Italian dish. What it's a movie fuck? you recently watched. Uh, if I now with that hint, if I give you multiple choice, you're probably going to get it right. Anyway, multiple choices: Interstellar, <laughs> Alien, Gravity, or 2001: A Space Odyssey. What were the options? <laughs> Interstellar, Gravity, Alien, or 2001: A Space Odyssey. I assume it was Alien because that was the most recent one I've seen. Exactly. Ding, 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 I ding, ding. I haven't seen Interstellar in a hot <laughs> damn minute. How you been doing? How, how's your movie life? Uh, what what did I see? I feel like I did see something in between the raid, but I also don't think I did see something. Hmm. So, you know, the classic case of yeah, me, <laughs> I think I only did see the raid movies. So yeah. as far as that goes, that's what I did see. Well, um, other than that, in my life, not bad. Not good. bad. Good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. We are actually going to see either Shazam tonight or tomorrow. So Ooh. by next podcast, we we can probably speak further on that. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad glad to hear it. Uh, so last week I saw only two movies, which is shocking, Shame uh, but seems you. unfortunately to be the trending uh, topic with how busy I am with things right now. But. Uh, the first one I watched was The Best Years of Our Lives, which is a William Wyler film from 1946. Essentially tells the story of three World War II veterans as they return home. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's in that book of uh, 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die, which is okay. the reason I watched it. Are you back it. on that list? Yeah, I am back on All that right. list. And probably the most notable thing about it is one of the main characters uh, is a double amputee who was an actual World War II veteran who was an actual W amputee. Double yeah. amputee, and uh, for being someone who wasn't an actor, he was phenomenal and uh, actually won the Oscar for Best Supporting Role. Good job for so, him. Yeah, good for him. Uh, then I saw Terry Gilliam's cursed film, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Um, yeah, it's pretty decent. Uh, it definitely You could definitely tell that they had troubles making it because it just seemed sloppy at parts, not in a bad way, but, you know. yeah. Terry Gilliam usually like has things honed in, and this one seemed somewhat all over the place. And but I, I really enjoyed it. It was a it was a fun watch. Okay. But yeah. Uh, short short discussion for those this week because uh, that's all I saw. So. <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm at I'm at my uh, I'm back up in Pennsylvania this weekend. You know this, but uh, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. everybody else doesn't, and I know. That this is one of your most hated movies. So when I got in to my mom's, uh, they were watching Get Him to the Greek. Oh, God. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> I hate that movie. And they, and they, they find it <laughs> hilarious. They're not like, they're not huge movie people. So they, yeah. they so it, 
to them it's, it's like excusable but yeah i thought so that would be funny bad. for you to hear it's so <laughs> bad it's such easy humor and not even funny and yeah but hey if they can enjoy it good for them yeah, yeah. but anyway that's a, that's a little it's a little touch of a lemon that you should taste and <laughs> scrunch your mouth to i'm scrunching anyway. my mouth hardcore right now <laughs> let's let's move on to the real reason why we're here people the the one that made you spend money if you actually do follow us in our movies so the rate The Raid Redemption from 2011, directed by uh, Comeback Star. We talked about him once here on Keystone Film Review before from the movie Apostle, Gareth Evans. Mm-hmm. And also written by Gareth Evans. It stars, and I apologize so freaking hard for this. Eco Wise, Anada G- uh, George. Ray Sahet. Why did I struggle on George? That was the easiest part. <laughs> did you hear that? Uh, Ray Sahetapi. And there's there's a bunch of other people, but I don't think we want to see me struggle. So a SWAT team becomes trapped in a tenant uh, tenement run by God damn me. A SWAT team becomes trapped in a tenement run by a ruthless mobster and his army of killers and thugs. Ooh, killers oh, yeah. and thugs. Super super easy plot. Yeah. Uh, obviously, this is an action movie and mm-hmm. goes full throttle throughout the whole whole way. It does. I think I watched this movie. I heard about it a lot when it came out, but I think I actually watched this movie around 2013 or 2014. Mm-hmm. I watched it in 2014 because uh, I had a. I, I don't want to say I had avoided it, but I haven't acted. I didn't actively search for it. Yeah. And then I saw it was playing at the Regal Oaks, um, a theater nearby. The the second one, not the first one, um, and I was like, "Hey, I haven't seen the first one," uh, and it was on Netflix. Luckily, so I watched it at like three a.m. and then woke up at noon the next day and went and saw the second one. So I watched these very close together both times that I've watched them. Mm-hmm. I think if I remember correctly, I saw this because there was a lot of talk about it uh, when it originally came out, and then I finally mm-hmm. saw it at Best Buy, and it was real cheap. And I was like, that that bastard's mine. Yeah. It's all mine. So <laughs> I, I remember buying it. Yeah. One thing I, I that is, I mean, we're going to talk about the first one first. Um, but yeah. something that is very apparent, and because I watched both so closely together each time, the while the cinematography in The Raid Redemption isn't bad, mm-hmm. it is very obvious that they had more resources at their disposal for oh, The yeah. Raid 2. Because um, the, the, the second cinem- one blows it away. The, se- the, the cinematography in the second film is like 
pure artistry like every they it really follows that rule every uh frame of painting mm-hmm. kind of thing which is a dumb rule if you ask me but uh, yeah. i i do understand like the mindset behind it um and just out of curiosity, I, I went to check uh, the budget for both films just to see mm-hmm. exactly how much more room they were dealing with. The first film uh, was, I think, $1.1 million, yeah. which is amazing that they made it for that little. And then the second one is four times that much. Which yeah, 4.5. F- $4.5 million, which, you know, I, I feel like uh, Indonesia is... is easier to make a film in than than the states because the states that would like barely <laughs> be able to afford like a a, a one set uh two characters kind of film <laughs> what's what's crazy to me is i'm looking at the gross in the usa and the movie made four million dollars the uh, first one yeah the first one yeah. made four million and then you go to the second one the second one made only uh 2.6 yeah USA. I, I i don't think um I don't know. I, I I really think the length for the second one probably hurt it as far as yeah. ticket sales go. Not quality, but definitely ticket sales. Because um, unfortunately, there are people out there that will avoid a over two hour movie like it's a plague, unless of course it's fucking Marvel Avengers yeah. Endgame, and then they're just talking about, oh, it's three hours. It's gonna be so great. It's like, bitch, you don't like long movies. What are you Listen, talking about? You're gonna, you're gonna have to pee, and then you're gonna hate yourself, and then you already hate yourself now as a human being. But here exactly. we are. But uh, the the action in this is second to none, in my opinion. Like absolutely, the, both films, the the choreography. And just the way it's shot, the action in general is Mm -hmm. just amazing and really is the reason these films do so great. Because at least for the first one, the the plot is more or less Judge Dredd, obviously not set in the future and not, um, you know, not. Well, I also I wonder when when, uh, which one came out first. Well, the uh, Judge Dredd came out first like the one with sylvester stallone which is based on a comic book was that was that the same plot i didn't watch that one i only heard eh, stupid lines about it more or less the same plot where they're Um, going into a complex and then yes uh it's it's because i know i know the carl urban one is pretty much the exact same thing yeah and and, but the second (laughs) one sorry do you hear that banging I do. It's fine. We'll we'll, we'll just okay. muscle through it. That's that's my um, nephew. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the the remake with Carl Urban, which is just called Dread, came out after the raid, and you can tell they definitely took some cinematography notes from it. Uh, yeah. Especially, uh, there's one scene in particular where they throw a grenade into a room, and it's slow motion, mm-hmm. and there's just a bunch of drug dealers in there, and uh, even to the point where like. Part of the climax of the movie takes place where they separate like the drugs or uh, package the drugs. Um, that happens in Dread as well. So you you could tell that Dread was definitely heavily influenced by uh, the Raid of Redemption, yeah, and not absolutely. in a bad way. I mean, they 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 both pull from each other. Um, while I do think the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dread probably explores more, I do think the basic synopsis is the same. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of cool to see two movies uh, bounce off each other. Um, and actually, looking at it, the, the synopsis is kind of vague, but it might not be just them stuck in an apartment complex. But 
uh, who knows? I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that I'm not. Obviously, I didn't see the movie, so I can't talk too much. But I'm pretty sure there was a little bit more to the Judge Dredd with Sylvester Stallone. I haven't seen it pretty much since I was 11, and it that only was came on out in '95. It feels yeah. so much older. It does, yeah. But uh, it was on TV when I watched it, so I don't really remember much of it. So I assumed that incorrectly, obviously, that the plot was relatively the same. But yeah. Uh, yeah uh, with that in mind, Dread definitely <laughs> takes a huge, huge uh, note and uh, from from the raid. It really does. Uh, but you know what? They're both great movies. I enjoy both of them. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I one of the super uh, awesome things about this movie and what really made it stand above most of it, it's it's such a simple thing too, like a simple it plot. Is. It's kind of like, like it's, even even the synopsis is one sentence. A SWAT yeah. team becomes strapped in a tenement. God damn me, tenement run by a ruthless mobster and his army of killers and thugs. That's it. That's the whole movie right there. Yeah, it is. And and honestly, it doesn't need more than that. It's kind of like um, while Snowpiercer at its core is more complex and. This is more complex if you include the second film, because the second film definitely adds some depth to it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just the the entire thing for both this and Snowpiercer is get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Snowpiercer, it's from the back of the train to the front of the train. And this is from the bottom floor to the top floor. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it really kind of is a great way to tell stories because, it, it, you know, it... it keeps the goal in mind throughout the entire thing even if it is like a uh you know just a simple goal it's it's easy to keep track of what's going on Mm -hmm. um and you know the the acting in this is phenomenal most of these guys are for lack of a better word just stuntmen because they all do their own stunts but they they really yeah regardless they really held their own yes uh, in my opinion um Mad Dog, the guy who plays Yaya and Ruhuyin, uh, yeah. he he's also the uh, choreographer for the film, uh, both films too. So he he did more than just act in it, but he he's my favorite character in the entire thing. He's a complete badass, and um, how they use him in the second film kind of really shows. Um, it kind of adds to it, but we'll get that there when we get there in a sec, uh, to the second film. Yeah, but. The, best, the best part about it is he's so small, too, and he's yeah. so agile and just and that, ruthless. Yeah, you and his, that's really his weakness, too. Is like you could see like uh, when they can, they just pick him up and throw him with ease. Mm-hmm. But like it's so hard for them to get to the point where they can just pick him up. Um, and it's I think it, they did a really good job at making the fights realistic while still stylized. Yeah, um, they did a good job at, uh, at making them seem chaotic at random, even though, you know, for a fact they were choreographed to a T. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything seemed fluid and, and uh, you know, improvised in the moment, even though it, if it was done that way, people would have died. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this, this movie's. And there's not really what's crazy about it is this movie's so good that there's not too much to say about it because it's such a simple movie. The plot, the uh, fight choreography, and all that mm-hmm. it's it's super simple. Yeah. Like it's so well done in its in its form that mm-hmm. you don't really have to talk about it. You just it's one of those movies where you just got to watch it and just enjoy it. Yeah, and now, I, the second one's a whole different story, but I mean we'll get to that after this one. Mm. The uh, the 
I, I really, it's really cool to see different kind of martial arts styles that you don't normally uh, see uh, utilized. In this, mm-hmm. the they use the Indonesian martial art called uh, Pencak Salat, uh, oftentimes just called Salat. Um, but uh, it's it's what I from what I've read, it's essentially just a close fighting martial arts style. Which yeah is really perfect for this. It really you know you you can see even in uh, you know probably the most famous shot from the second one, they get real close before they even start fighting, and it's it's just yeah. really it's 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 a beautiful, for lack of a better word, fighting style. It's just it's it's so cool to look at and and really enjoyable to watch. Really, and it's just. It's great. It's fantastic. They did a great job. And they, uh, obviously another notable thing is it was, uh, the uh, soundtrack was done by the good old Mike Shinoda. I actually, to, the first time I watched it, I listened to the Mike Shinoda one, but I listened to the original soundtrack uh, today when I watched it. And it. Um, I honestly can't remember the Mike Shinoda one, but I remember it seeming more professional than this one. Yeah. Uh, not that, that it's bad. It's just... It was you also know. it was it was more or less written by Mike Shinoda and performed by Chino Marino. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, no offense, I don't even know who that is. Oh, oh my God, that's the guy from a. Uh... Oh, what the fuck! Oh my God, my head's gonna explode. <laughs> oh, from uh, Deftones. Yes. Oh my God, yeah. I, kept, I kept saying like White Pony, which I think is one of his songs. Yeah. Or it's an album. That's anyway, crazy. I, didn't, I didn't know that he he performed it. Huh. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. But anyway, uh, those those two had a really heavy hand in the movie uh, soundtrack, which I, th- I thought was really good. Definitely, it it felt more. Now that I'm know that it's more Chino, it felt more Chinos than it did uh, Mike Shinoda. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, I'd have to watch it with that soundtrack again because I don't yeah. I don't really quite remember it, um, but. Yeah, there's really not much. I, I was trying to find things that I, I didn't care for, but it's it's really just a solid movie. Um, yeah, you know, if anything, I could say some of the secondary actors or whatever uh, leave a little bit to desire. And I'm talking about the people that just come in and die immediately. But yeah. you know, they're more stunt men than they are actors. Um, so you, I, I can definitely let that slide where their job is to come in, make three or four really cool moves and then die. So you yeah, can't really <laughs> you can't really hold that against them too much. But, um, yeah, I just think it's really cool that a Welsh director uh, and Gareth Evans made these movies. I, I believe his wife is Vietnamese or Indonesian, not Vietnamese, um, mm-hmm. which and he probably lived there for a while, which is why. uh you know, he was inspired to do this, but I, I just thought it's uh, really cool. Um, there's, I feel like there's one more thing I had to say about it. Oh yeah, so when the movie started, it started out with a English dub. Oh like, yeah, so did mine. And for a second there, I'm like, you know, I don't remember it being English. And then for like, I actually started watching it, and I'm like, their mouths aren't synced up. I'm gonna switch to yeah. <laughs> that. For I thought it was Chinese or uh, Japanese originally, so I mm-hmm. switched it to that. I'm like, eh, still feels weird. And then I, I forgot. I 100% forgot it was like Indonesian. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is so much better. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, but uh, I I think it's uh, 
one of the underrated performances, I think, um, he dies in the movie, so he's not in the uh, second one, but Joe Taslim, who plays the sergeant, uh, he, he's kind of like the asshole cop in the beginning, and then he kind of redeems himself. Um, yeah. Is in the first real fight with Mad Dog, where you really realize how mad, how crazy and powerful Mad Dog is. Um it's he, yeah, he, he he did a really great job. He gets he gets cut a little too early, but I mean obviously yeah. he had to be used for Mad Dog's ruthlessness, but uh mm-hmm. yeah, he was he was cut too short yeah. or too soon. I think it would have been cool to see him more fleshed out too, but yeah. It was definitely uh you know, just me nitpicking more or less with that. Yeah, pretty much. There's it's it's really hard to do, but if you had to do it, that would be one of them. That's all I've got for the first Same here. I mean, um, I I do want to mention that one of the, uh, you find out one of the drug lords or uh, one of the two right-hand men of the drug lord is uh, the main character, Aiko Uwais, his his brother. You find that out kind of probably in the beginning of the third act. Um, I just wanted to mention that because it's relevant for the raid two. Mm -hmm. So let's get into the raid two. Nama saya Rama. Saya tahu siapa kamu. Abang saya bilang, saya bisa percaya bapak. Abang lu enggak salah. Lu suka atau tidak suka dengan peristiwa hari ini, Resa dan anak buahnya akan ngincer lu. Mereka akan ngincer lu sampai ketemu. Kalau kita enggak cepat bertindak, lu bakal hilang. Keluar lu juga. Sekarang ini kota dibagi rata. Antara tokoh kita bangun dan Kotogumi keluar ke Jepang. Ujo, anaknya bangun. Sekarang ada di penjara. Ini saat yang tepat buat lu masuk dan dekatin dia. Gue mau lu gabung sama tim gue. Lu bakal dilatih ulang sampai lu punya kemampuan yang lebih baik. Untuk membela kepentingan yang benar. Artinya... The Raid 2, also directed by Gareth Evans, also written by Gareth Evans, and it doesn't also say this, but it was also edited by Gareth Evans, so he went all out for this fucking film. Uh, Only a short time after the first raid, uh, Rama goes undercover with the thugs of Jakarta, even though it's not supposed to be in Spanish, but I put that little twang on it, and Mm -hmm. plans to bring down the syndicate and under or uncover the corruption within the pol- his fuck me his police force you all right do you have a stroke no, dude i am having a stroke on the constant 
Only a short time after the first raid, Rama goes undercover with the thugs of Jakarta and plans to bring down the syndicate and uncover the cor- corruption within his police force. <laughs> there you go. It's not so easy, is it, boy? Well, I, I just read corporate instead of corruption. That's the only <laughs> thing I messed up on. Uncorruption. Uncorruption. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so believe it much. or not, Glenn, I don't know if you know this, but this is the sequel to The Raid Redemption. Which always throws me off because the raid redemption, I feel like is like it feel like because the word redemption's in there, like there was a movie before the raid redemption. Yeah, or that could just be me, and I'm just dumb. I, but, I, I well, the thing is, the poster says it's just the raid. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't with know. This. It always it always says with the raid redemption for me. On yeah. like anything, and then I it says just the raid on most other things. I'm like, oh, yeah. color me confused. But anyway, this is the sequel to the Raid Redemption, mm-hmm. as you said. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much has uh, kind of the cast. Really, the only the only it's like two or two or three four people. Yeah, Iko Uwais, U- U- uh, who plays Rama, he's the. Uh, Main character Rama, so he's he's still in it. Um, you have the brother who dies almost immediately, mm-hmm. um, which you know is is actually a great way to start the second one. Um, and then you have uh, Yayan Rohian who plays a completely different character, but I kind of like it uh, the way they used him. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's just it's a great follow up. It's uh. Kind of going into oh, see, I thought I thought he was playing the same character the whole time, no. and me, I'm like, how the fuck did he live after that first? No, one? he definitely <laughs> dies in the first one. Okay, <laughs> see, it's it's That's... only it's only really clear because I watched them both back to back each time I watched them. Yeah, uh, but yeah, if you have some time in between them, I, I can see it getting confusing. Confusing. He definitely. Dies in the first one. Mad Dog dies in the first one. In this one, they uh, gave him some gray hair to try to change him. They they made him more of a, um, I don't want to say sensitive man because he's still a uh, stone cold killer. But he yeah. he he's got a backstory with like a son and a white uh, ex wife and everything. And you could tell he actually cares for people. Whereas Mad Dog just like I'll kill anything that gets in my way. Um, and the cool thing they do with him is he is probably the most badass character in the first one. He's more, mm-hmm. he's tougher than anyone. He's, he's the hardest person to kill in the first one. And in this, they kind of use that. They have this awesome fight with him and then have the guy who's kind of taking over that crown as being the toughest, uh, badass in, in the movie ends ends up killing him uh you know yeah. kind of finishes the job he doesn't fight him throughout the entire thing but it kind of shows um that where mad dog's character will kind of fight tooth and nail himself this other character while he is badass will also make you fight a bunch of other people beforehand yeah um and then will be just as uh merciless uh and I, I I didn't really realize that until I watched it today, and it's just kind of a, a cool little thing that they did. Um, I wish they like changed something about his face other than the hair. Cause yeah, it, it, I could see it being confusing, but I, it, you know, for, I, I obviously just wasn't paying attention hard enough. So mm-hmm. like I, in my mind, I'm like, nah, he was fucking dead. 
And then in my mind, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe somehow he survived. Yeah. And maybe he's like the family friend to this, this like a uh, uh, mob family. I'm like, yeah. okay, maybe, maybe I could see that. No, yeah, I, I, it's definitely confusing if you if you're not kind of uh, looking at it that way. But he's he's a different character. Um, I don't know exactly why they did that. I, I haven't heard anything from. I, I watched a lot of behind the scenes things today while I was waiting for you, and uh, I didn't really find any information out about that. Um, I think I it's just, just kind of a, this is the way it him is. Back on because he's so badass. Yeah, he's he's really he's great. Um, and a, 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 like like we said before, he's a decent actor too for for being a uh, choreographer more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, but and see, that actually, now that I know that's not the same character, that actually helps so much because I was going to complain about this. Uh, <laughs> I because like because I thought it was the same character, I was like, all right, so he went to this ruthless, ridiculous man in the first one to now he's trying to be like a family man mm-hmm. in this one, and they try to give him some like. Uh, like emotional backdrop before yeah. they killed him off, and there's definitely not the, only two years in between the majority of this movie and the first one, so there's yeah. definitely not enough time for that to have actually happened. Uh, now, if there's something like ten years later, that could make sense, but this is only two years later. Yeah, um, and you know, with uh, Rama working undercover, going to prison, and everything, he kind of gets in way over his head, mm-hmm. but because of this has some remarkable fight scenes uh in the prison um yeah most notably in the mud in the uh <laughs> the yard sure. in the prison that like that that whole sequence is just spectacular and same with the the fighting in the bathroom sequence like the uh-huh. the the whole series is just filled with great fight scenes um so a big thing i did want to talk about is the difference the huge difference between the two movies um obviously the the first one was super simplistic obviously we didn't have too much to talk about it was very easy to just mm-hmm. nail what we had to um this one was um it's it's amazing the two like how completely different they are because the story itself is much obviously much more complicated than the first one uh the cinematography is much more different than the first one uh, mm-hmm. the choreography and all the fight sequences, there was many more and like, it, like it's night and day. Like, although they are the same movie, pretty much there's yeah. so much more. This one was put into like more thought put into it. Yeah. You could tell and that this kind of awesome. seemed like the way, you know, completely getting rid of the whole, the first movie and getting rid of the brother subplot. And this mm-hmm. one, I, I feel like, this is what he wanted the first one to be was a uh you know a cop going undercover into prison to protect this politician's uh son um mm-hmm. corrupt politician's son to kind of gain intel and everything um and i feel like that's what he wanted it to be but because of budget restraints and everything couldn't yeah. so then then he altered it to be this this raid um and, and you know, kind of, he did a really good job of kind of melding the two together. Uh, once you know he was given the opportunity to, but uh, yeah, he's he just just. If I had to anything to complain about the second one, it's that uh, having to read subtitles and also keep track of the plot is kind of difficult at times. Yeah. Um, but again, that's 
that's more just like a language thing than it is the actual movie. So, see, the first time I watched the second movie, I didn't like it that much. I I was still a fan of the first one more than the second one. Yeah. And now rewatching the second one, I have a like a greater appreciation for it. Yeah, I I think it definitely. Especially going in expecting something so close to the first one and then it just being similar but completely different because of yeah. the scale. Uh, I, I I was kind of on the same boat um, where it, it definitely... I also, I also believe first I wasn't was disappointing, but. paying attention when I first saw the second one. Uh, yeah, it's it's smarter. So you you have to pay attention to this one. You yeah. like the the first one. You can have uh, just kind of um, on in the background and be able to kind of keep track of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But this one, you have to pay attention. Yeah, you, you be, have to pay lost. attention. You have to hear who people are talking to and about who they're talking to specifically. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you're just gone. Um, and really, the this movie this movie is so good because it it sets you up right from the get-go of what the tone is going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's, the tone is brutal. Yeah. It's, it's going to be brutal, this whole movie. There's yeah. going to be a lot of blood. And that that was another thing about the first one was most of the blood in the first one was digital. There's a nice little segue there. I don't know how I pulled that off. The first bl- the first one, the blood is digital? Most most of it. I'm not going to say yeah. all of it. Uh, but like whenever somebody got stabbed, there'd be like a splatter of blood, and it seemed digital. Uh, this one, there was much more practical blood, especially at the end of the movie where the uh, the assassin and Rama were fighting. It's just yeah. blood everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad that I'm glad they went that route instead of doing digital, because uh, they, they they don't they don't hold back on this movie. No, Not at no, all. they don't. Can we talk about that final fight scene you just mentioned? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's between Rama and the guy who uh, kills. Uh, Yayan Ruhian's character, um, mm-hmm. who kind of takes over as the baddest role, his uh, he he has these like curved knives. First of all, I timed that sequence. That entire fight sequence is seven minutes long, uh, is which it? is Jesus. which is incredibly long for a single scene in any movie, let alone a fight sequence. Um, and it doesn't get boring. You know, the the fear with scenes in general, and especially fight scenes, is making them boring or repetitive and they just find new ways to keep it fresh and and keep it going and it's intense you you worry if you know is this going to be where rama really gets killed or or you know yeah t- like taken you, down you de- you definitely felt like there was there was it was for a little bit there you felt like he was definitely going to lose yeah so in in the first one they have the the fight with uh, Mad Dog, which is kind of you know you can swap these two out as like the the climax of the film on either end, and uh, you know while the fight with Mad Dog is intense and has situations where you're not sure how it's going to end, mm-hmm. you never think Rama's gonna die. You think sometimes his brother who's there with him might die, but you yeah. never think Rama's gonna die uh, or get seriously injured. And in this, you're just like, I'm sure he's gonna win because he hasn't gotten to the en- the the main guy yet. But he's getting pretty jacked up. Yeah, but to what extent is he going to get to this guy? Like, how how healthy is he gonna be when he gets gets to this guy? Yeah, and you know, it's, it's just again with the um 
that uh, Salat martial arts style with the close fighting, it just adds a whole intensity to it. And uh, I read that most, if not all, of the punches in both movies were real, just, you know, with uh, reduced strength on on their parts. Um, yeah. Which is just remarkable. I don't know how they didn't just die. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were just that good. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I did want to bring this up. I think you did just mention it a little bit ago that... Uh, just their attention to detail in this movie and specifically this movie, um, especially with the, the martial arts style is because like you're sitting there in the movie, you're like, all right, well, mobsters, they have guns. Why don't they just use them? And then like the martial arts style, like specifically they're knocking the guns like out of their hands and shit. So like, yeah, incapacitate them from their yeah. long range weapons like, so they can it, fight them close even even like a good 30 seconds of the uh, final fight sequence is Rama trying to disarm the uh, other guy who's uh, what's his name is it Eka no that's that's a good no, guy that's, that's the good guy um, but yeah he's he's trying to take the the, the knives out of the, the his uh, opponent's hands mm-hmm. that's um, just the assassin he didn't have a name Oh yeah, that's right. He is just called the assassin, but he—he's uh It's just—it's really cool to see, like, all of the different styles of Salat. You know, with defense and uh, offense, and just trying to not get cut. <laughs> yeah, and another another thing I did want to mention is like, for for obviously for a minute there I'm like why doesn't he just pick up the weapons and just fight the next batch of people with the weapons but what he ends up doing is when he starts the fight he goes hand to hand and then he gets their weapons and finish them basically with their own weapons yeah. for each person too so yeah. like the hammer girl fucking murdered with her own hammers oh I didn't baseball. even realize that 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 yeah you're right <laughs> baseball boy got smashed in the fucking skull mm-hmm. he just he basically does that with each of his opponents he goes into it hand to hand gets them close and then uses their own weapons against them and it's yeah. it's such a it's such a cool little detail absolutely and you're sitting there like you know why doesn't he just use the because he's a he's a badass does he really need to yeah really does he need a gun <laughs> Or any other things other than his weapons of fists. Also, he might not have a gun, and they do a really good job at sh- showing you when a gun is un- uh, out of ammo. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this this whole f- series is just incredibly shot. Uh, I know I was watching uh, behind the scenes thing. Uh, Gareth Evans was editing while on set. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously not the final edit, but just to see how things flowed together so uh, they could tell if they needed another shot or uh, what have you. And and it definitely shows that they had that kind of, uh, you know, opportunity to see what was needed. And if they were missing a shot, they could just get it right then and there instead of coming back months later and having it be different. Yeah. Um, there's... Two other scenes that I really want to talk about specifically before we go any further, I think, with this movie. Um, mm-hmm. The club scene with uh, Yayan's character. Mm-hmm. Why isn't that more talked about? Like, you hear about Collateral and you hear about the John Wick club scenes and how, like, how badass those ones are. Yeah. But this one, the dude kills a whole mob by himself, basically, and it's not talked about by anybody. <laughs> I think it's because people haven't really seen this movie. Fuck um, them. 
Yeah, like, really. People have definitely seen the first one, but they haven't seen this one, which, you know, if you're going to start a series, finish it. For God's yeah. sake. Um, um, for, for sure, I think this, this scene is underrated as a, a club scene because you, mm-hmm. you don't hear about it yeah. in the slightest. Um, and other, other than that, the other scene that I wanted to talk about was the uh, car chase scene with Eka's character coming yeah. after uh, Rama. When he gets captured is probably one of the greatest driving sequences I've ever seen. Oh yeah, there's there's a um a clip from behind the scenes that oh yeah uh, I'm sure even if you haven't seen the movie you've seen it's it's on Instagram like pretty much every other day. Yeah, I was supposed to say um, it's, it's definitely the one thing yeah, that has where, been where they uh, viral about this movie. Yeah, they there's a camera guy. You you see it all from you know outside the car. There's this camera guy in one car or hanging out of one car. He passes the camera to a guy who's dressed like a car seat, um, <laughs> the, the, like a, a chair in a car, um, headrest and everything. And then he's running the car and then the window breaks and then he jumps out the back window yep. <laughs> and just hangs out of the window to get the final part of the shot. And it's just and it's an incredible shot. And to see that they did it without using any kind of super expensive equipment or, you know, minimal CGI. Cause I'm sure they definitely use CGI to hide the, the camera guy dressed as a seat better, yeah. but you know, not, not to, they didn't have to use anything to cut it together. It's all done practically. And that's just the kind of details that, you know, I feel are really missed in modern movies is yeah. things look better when they're done practically. That is not an opinion. That is fact. And and anyone who watches two movies a year would agree with that. Just if you do <laughs> something for real, it looks better than if you do it in post. And that's something that I feel is definitely lost on a lot of films these days. And I think the very, the very last thing I really wanted to touch on, uh, since we just touched on it a little bit there uh with the whole car cinematography part was mm-hmm. the this is this is really how you do shaky cam yeah. like it wasn't it wasn't shaky cam it was controlled free like it, obviously it wasn't on a tripod or anything it was all freehand and it wasn't shaking like crazy like the camera moved with each hit perfectly mm-hmm. that it seemed like it was a little bit of shaky but like it was all freehand and it wasn't crazy so you could actually see each punch and what was actually going on instead of like all these movies that just like we're just going to shake this thing like crazy and hope it does you, know, you could probably see it right okay yeah. it's perfect well, let it the, roll i think the uh, difference between those movies and this movie is the reason that shaky cam gets so bad is cuz they use longer lenses mm. and i think that comes with not trusting your stunt people. So you want to give them room. Yeah. And in this, you have trained martial artists. So you can get up close with a wide angle lens, which uh, will show minimal shake and know that if they start to fall, that they won't knock into you. They'll, they'll, they're so good at their craft that if something goes wrong, they'll be able to readjust and not break anything or hurt anyone. Um, so I yeah, it, you're absolutely right. The the shaky cam in this is done well, and I really think that's just out of just sheer trust. You know, they they get the camera yeah. in in the behind the scenes. They get the camera within six inches of like flying fists and everything, and uh, that comes from knowing that your your uh, performers won't 
hurt the camera or you or themselves. Um, there was a hundred percent trust in these movies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think people should use wide lenses more when it comes to shaky (laughs) cameras. It definitely doesn't work when you have long lenses. That's for sure. But, uh, other than that, I think that's all I've got. Yeah. Same here. We have come to the judgment. We are talking about The Raid and The Raid 2, both of which uh, Monsoir Glenn picked. So you're going to start with both of them. All right. The Raid. Redemption. Um, I didn't have anything bad about this movie. Uh, Mm. Everything was good about it. It was simple. It was sweet. It was beautiful. It was perfect, in my opinion, and it deserves a shelf I would agree. And then so uh, we, there's the raid makes it to the shelf. <laughs> shelf boy right there. Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> and then we move on to the raid two. A not so easy choice, is it? We've got a little bit more of a complex story. We've got uh, so much more to lose here if we say a shelf boy is on for a second time. But we're here to lose things. We're here at KFR. We're here to lose. It's a shelf boy, goddammit. So well, the raid, well, you, you uh, say the you raid two is a shelf boy as well. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that's good because uh, I was going to say, regardless, that these movies to me are more like one long movie that just gets split up because mm-hmm. they need to sell it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to me, the raid is both the first and the second one all together. Um, so you can't have the first one without the second one. I mean, you can, but it doesn't really. It it's doesn't not, feel it's, right. Yeah, it's, it's not the finale of the the story. And, uh, you know, the, the second film ends with Rama saying that uh, uh, trying to, the Japanese gang is trying to recruit Rama. And he says, no, I'm done. Um, and, I, you know, it's not going any further than there. At least I hope it's not going any further than there. Yeah. And Actually, I wanted to comment on that since you're, since you're going to say that. I, I kind of, I really hope. At the same time, I really don't hope that they make a third one. Obviously, story-wise, I hope they do not make a third one. They don't need to unless Rama's family gets murdered brutally yeah. by somebody. Yeah. But I, at the same time, I really want one. But at the same yeah, time, no, I'm, I I'm really in the same don't. Boat. I'm in the same boat as you. It's It definitely does not warrant one, although I would not argue if they made one. Uh, but that being said... 
Uh, both the raid and the raid two are shelf boys. They have made it onto the shelf. And that brings us to next week's films. Last week, Glenn picked a double feature uh, for the raid and the raid two. So I decided that this week I will also pick a double feature. Uh, they are not really connected films other than by the writer and director. Oh, look at that. And the internet unfortunately did not get their wish yet yet but these are hopefully two of the three in what will be the color trilogy by jeremy salnier uh for those of you who don't know what the color trilogy is uh jeremy salnier's first two movies have colors in them and people being stupid were just like you should make a third one that's a color one will be the color trilogy <laughs> and then he didn't make a third one with a color in it um but anyway, so so the first one is Blue Ruin, uh, written and directed by Jeremy Saulnier, starring Macon Blair, Yadbier Orozico, oh, oh. Ronald Sarcos, and Danny Santiago. I actually do um, remember watching this movie. And that is available on Netflix. Netflix sponsor us. Blue nice. Ruin tells the story of a mysterious outsider's quiet life is turned upside down when he returns to his child home to carry out an act of vengeance. Proving himself an amateur assassin, he winds up in a brutal fight to protect his estranged family. So that, uh, yeah, you can check that out on Netflix. The second one is Green Room. Also written and directed by Jeremy Saulnier, starring Anton Yelchin, rest in power, uh, Joe Cole, Aaliyah, Alia Shawcat, Callum Turner, Imogen Putz, and uh, Patrick. Why is his name? I can't find him. I know he's in it. Patrick Stewart. How could I forget his name? I'm How so sorry. How could you Patrick forget Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart? I forgot the last part. I'm sorry. And uh, Green Room <laughs> tells the story of a punk rock band that is forced to fight for survival after witnessing a murder at a neo Nazi skinhead bar. Uh, that is also available on Netflix. Netflix sponsor us. And uh, hopefully Jeremy Salonier will one day finish the color trilogy. If not, it's not a big deal because they're all standalone movies and it doesn't really, you know, it's kind of like the Blood and Ice Cream trilogy by Edgar Wright. You know, it's just, be, yeah. it'd be something just, fun. You know, just do your own thing, man. Yeah, do it'd be something fun to, to talk about. Um, but that will do it for this week. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at Keystone underscore film underscore review. On Facebook, we are Keystone Film Review. On Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. Hey, okay. Calm down there. Right. <laughs> it's all right. And that will do it for this week. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye.